All right, church, if, if you have your Bibles, I hope you'll make your way over to the letter of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is where we've been these past few weeks, and Lord willing, for many weeks ahead as we walk through this book. 1 Corinthians. We're going to pick up in chapter 2 this morning. We've seen Paul begin to speak to this church here in Corinth, and we've seen many of their issues, and last week saw Paul begin to address something that's very near and dear to them, that is wisdom. And it's not as though as he was addressing wisdom, let, let, let me add a little word of caution. We, we may have walked away last week by saying, well, Paul's anti-wisdom, or anti-rhetoric, or anti-reason. Well, that, that's not the case. That's, that's not what he's trying to accomplish. It's not as though he's against all of these things. In fact, Paul... Uh, in 2 Corinthians says, uh, he quotes people saying his, his letters are weighty and strong. And he even says, I'm not unskilled in knowledge. Paul uses reason. He uses rhetoric sometimes, okay? He's not against those things. But rather, he's trying to draw this contrast of, hey, here's godly wisdom, and here's the wisdom of the world, or natural wisdom, or wisdom according to the flesh, as he calls it. And he wants the church to recognize this Separation. He wants them to, them to see the distinction between the two. And so in a sense, he's redefining what actual wisdom is. That's his ambition. Not to diss or down on this, okay? But rather to clarify. And so as we begin to jump into the text this morning, we're going to see, he, he's going to begin by saying, yet we do speak wisdom. It's not as though everything he's saying is foolishness. It is to some but it's not to others. So what I'd like to do, I'm going to read the text for us as we pick back up. We're going to pick up in verse 6 and go through, Lord willing, the end of the chapter. So let me read the text, and then I'll pray, and then we'll begin to unpack this a little further. Picking up in verse 6. Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are passing away. But we speak, we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the hearts of man, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of man no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we've received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. 
For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let's pray. Father, again, I thank you for this morning that you've given us. I thank you for the opportunity to gather as your church, as your bride, that one day we'll be presented without spot or wrinkle. And Lord, we look forward to that day. And Lord, I pray now as we Lord, begin to wade through this text. Lord, I pray that you might be so gracious to us. Lord, as to give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand. I pray that, Lord, that you'd give me a clarity of, of thought and speech to speak in a way that doesn't muddy the waters or trample the grass that's understandable and clear. And Lord, that you might do that. I pray that you would fill me up in such a way. Lord, by your Spirit. Lord, that your church is encouraged, exhorted, and Father, ultimately, that your kingdom is expanded. Lord, we love you and we need you. Lord, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church. So as we begin to wade into this, again, Paul has begun to draw this distinction between godly wisdom and the wisdom of the world. And really, he's going to continue that. He's going to continue to draw that contrast here in identifying these two types of wisdom. And I think that's helpful for us. It's helpful in, in clarifying for us. We need to recognize that, okay? So as we begin here in verse 6, he, he starts with a conjunction. He says, yet we do not speak, excuse me, yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. Remember how he had concluded, how, how he said last week, I came to you not with with." fancy speech, superiority of speech, and this and this. I, I didn't come to you with fancy rhetoric. No, I, I came to you in a, a power and a, a demonstration of the work of God and the Spirit of God so that you wouldn't lean on me, but rather you'd lean on God. And, and now he's saying, we come and we do speak. There is a wisdom in this to those who are mature, a wisdom not of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. I want to draw, if you're a note taker, this is a good Sunday for you, because I'm, I'm going to give three distinctions here, right, or three contrasts. So three under godly wisdom, three under worldly wisdom, how we see those contrast. And here's, here's the first. So if you're a note taker, this is, this is your Sunday. The first is this. The wisdom of God is timeless timeless. Notice he says, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. The wisdom of God does not have its origin in this particular day. It precedes that. There, there's certain wisdom within the world that is seasonal. It's timely. It has a specific origin at a certain date, and sometimes it passes away. It doesn't last. Here's, here's a, an example of this. If you want to call this finite wisdom or wisdom of the world, it's finite. If you're from the U.S. or maybe you've spent some time there or just familiar with U.S. culture, you probably know that the U.S. likes soft drinks, right? We like soda for some reason. And uh, if you've ever been to the geographic south, Texas in particular, you are well aware of a drink called Dr. Pepper, right? And I, I think I heard you can actually get that here. I, I don't know that, but maybe I see some head nods, okay? So probably so. Well, Dr. Pepper was introduced back in 1885, 
and it was produced by a pharmacist. And this pharmacist, as he brought this conglomerate of flavors together, I think 23 different flavors, so he says, this was his marketing ad for Dr. Pepper here in Waco, Texas. Dr. Pepper aids digestion and restores vim, vigor, and vitality. That was the original marketing ploy for Dr. Pepper for this soda. And that persisted for decades. In fact, you get into the 20s and the 30s, they, they had this graphic, and you can still see it today on some buildings in the U.S., you see it painted, and, and it has a 10, a 2, and a 4, like a clock. And that's when you're supposed to drink your Dr. Pepper. You drink one at 10 in the morning, 2 in the afternoon, 4 in the afternoon, and, and if you do that, it's going to give you more vitality and vigor and vim, right? That, that's that's the, the slogan, the motto. Now, we know that drinking a soda three times a day is not really good for you, right? That, that's not actual wisdom. In fact, a, a soda that has 40 grams of sugar, that's probably not good at all. So that's, that's a lot of sugar in, in the course of a day, right? But there are people in the U.S., and, and I can say this with confidence because we have family members, that, that up until this day were very convinced, you got to do this, it's going to help me out, Right? That, that was a wisdom for a particular season and age. It had its origin, and it's passed away. We know that's not true, right? But for that season, that generation, that's what you did. The wisdom of God's not like that. It doesn't have a, an origin in our particular day. It's not fleeting. It doesn't pass away. In fact, if we were to go back to the the writer of the Proverbs, Proverbs 1, uh, chapter 1, you keep going through, probably chapter 8, 9, all speak of wisdom. And it's wisdom personified, so it's often wisdom speaking. And wisdom says this in chapter 8, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His way, before His works of old, from everlasting I was established. The wisdom of God is eternal. It was with God in eternity past. It's not fleeting. It won't... It won't fall away or pass away. So that's a distinction I want to draw here, okay? Wisdom of God, it's timeless. Wisdom of man, it's often fleeting. Now let's keep moving here. Look with me in verse 7. It says, But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 7, we see this. The wisdom of God is hidden. It's hidden. Now how do we contrast that with the wisdom of man or the flesh? Well, if you go down into verse 9, he begins talking about things not being heard or seen. If you want to say this for the worldly wisdom, it's perceivable. We can perceive it, we can see it, we can hear it, we can come to discern certain things. And again, this, this is not inherently bad. It's not as though I'm saying good versus evil, right versus wrong here per se. Because God has given us faculties by which to understand the world in which we live. Science, math, all of those things, right? You discern those things, you understand it, you, you hear it, you see it, you study it. And I think that's part of God's mandate back in Genesis chapter 1. When He gives 
humanity, he gives people dominion. He says, subdue creation, have dominion over it. That's part of that. We understand how things work. We spend time, we study, we become good stewards. And so that, that's not wrong. But we do need to understand that there's a, a, a wisdom of the world of the flesh that can be acquired by, here's a good southern word, your gumption, right? Like you, you, you do it on your own. I, I remember in, in high school, I took an AP chemistry course which was not a good decision for me, okay? I, I, we have chemistry teachers in here, so. Um, but, but I was in luck because my cousin had married the chemistry teacher. And so I, I had an inroad to some after-hours study. And so I would go and get lessons and, and some help. And so I ended up passing AP chemistry, okay? If, if you have a chemistry class, don't come to me, okay? <laughs> I made it through, but I can, I can refer you to other people. But all that to say, I, I worked hard, I put in the effort, and, and I understood the course material. Why? Because I, I put the effort in. I did it on my own, in a sense. Right? The hidden wisdom of God is not something that we, in our own efforts, in our own, our own endurance and gumption, and we can't come to understand it on our own, in our own faculties. In fact, what we see God say, what Paul says here in this moment in verse 10, he says, for to us God revealed them. So God's wisdom is a hidden wisdom that is revealed. It's revealed. It's not as though we somehow discover it on our own. Now, let's keep moving here, otherwise we're going to not get through this. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep cranking along. We'll circle back to something here in just a moment. So wisdom from God is revealed. Look at verse 10. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. We have the Spirit. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus this morning, you have the Spirit of God. We see that in Ephesians chapter 1. We're sealed by the Spirit of promise. Okay? So we have access to the Father. He goes on to say this, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. He goes on to say in verse 12, that we may know the things freely given to us by God. So we have access to limitless wisdom through the Spirit. That's another point of contrast I want to draw for us. Godly wisdom is limitless. It has no end. There's no bounds. Worldly wisdom, wisdom of the flesh, it has its limits. We can only learn and grow so much, right? We, we often look up to people that have vast knowledge in many topics, and that's a good thing. It's good to be well-rounded. But even so, you can't know everything about everything. We have limits. We, even if you're a proficient learner and you learn and learn and grow and grow, there's just too much and life is too short for us to acquire all of it. We, we have bounds, right? But not God. I, I like how John Piper speaks of God. He, he says uh, an analogy, something like this. It, it's as though you're walking up a, a mountain and you get to the top of this 
beautiful mountain. It's been a glorious journey. And you get to the top and you look over and behind this other mountain, what you couldn't see before is just another range of mountains, even more glorious and majestic than the one before. And you begin to climb that one and go and, and you, you ascend to the top of it. And when you get to the top of it, you look over and there's another mountain range, even more glorious. So it is with the wisdom of God. It, it goes on and on in God's infinity, in His infiniteness, and yet human wisdom is finite. It has its limits. Now, let me circle back for just a moment because I want to point something else out. I think sometimes we, we make an assumption, and we may not verbalize it, but we might think it. And we begin to question, is, is the wisdom of God actually good for us? I, I mentioned with our, our kiddos driving on the road, right? How often have we thought or desired, Lord, I want to know why I'm going across this bridge in life. I want to know why the road turned left here. I want to, I want to know this. Oftentimes we don't know those things. And we won't know. Not on this side of eternity. But God's desire for us is to, to navigate through to, to make it to the end, to stay the course. And that's good for us. Look, look back in, in verse 7 for just a moment, because I don't want to miss this. He says, But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, a hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. Now that stood out to me. We might read that and say, All right, Paul, did you have a typo here? You, you mean His glory, right? predestined before the ages to His glory? No, that's not what it says. To our glory. There's another place in Scripture where Paul uses similar language, and I think it's helpful for us. Over in Romans chapter 8, picking up in verse 16 and 17, he says this, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. Church, the, the wisdom of God is good for us. It allows us to come in as co-heirs with Christ. The wisdom of God. Now, remember how Paul defines wisdom back in chapter 1? Remember, the whole purpose of this, he's redefining wisdom for the Corinthians. He says in verse 30, what? He says but by His doing you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus Christ. He's wisdom, the wisdom of God. That God would send the second person of the Trinity, the Son, to step into flesh, to live a perfect life, to die a death that was meant for me and you. That in believing in Him, we would have His righteousness. We'd be granted as sons and daughters. That we could stand before God. John says in his Gospel, in, in John chapter 1 in the prologue, to those who believe, He gives the right to be called children of God. We become co-heirs with Christ. We, we have an inheritance in eternity. Because of God, because of His wisdom, it is beneficial for us, church. We might not understand every turn along the way or every bridge, but His desire is that we would stay the course and we'd get to our destination. Church, that's, that's wisdom. Wisdom in Christ. 
Proverbs goes on to say this as well in chapter 8. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. Finds life. Wisdom is good. It's good for us. Now, let's keep moving just a little further. And we'll circle things back. Look with me in verse 14. It says, But a man, a natural man, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised. But he who has the Spirit appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised to no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The believer is to have the mind of Christ. We're to have that free flow of wisdom from God. It's available to us. Now, that might pose a question. How, how do we receive that? How do we get that? Okay, it's available, but what do we do? One, it starts with humility. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Writer of Proverbs says. Do we fear God? Do we reverence Him? Do we come to Him saying, Lord, I don't have wisdom and I need it? Because He's so free in giving it. He desires to do so. It is revealed wisdom, but it's not as though He's hoarding it and unwilling to give it. He will reveal it to those who ask with a sincere and genuine humble heart. So the question is, are, are we asking have we asked God? And on top of that, do, look, look here. We have the mind of Christ. You, you go back to verse 30 in chapter 1. We see that Jesus Christ is wisdom. Church, we do a really good job of overcomplicating things. We really do. I once heard a, an Australian missiologist say this. He said, you know, we overcomplicate Christianity. God gave us a person to follow person's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's wisdom. How, how do you grow in wisdom, gain wisdom? You, you look to Jesus. You set your eyes on Him. You, you walk in pursuit of Him and His ways. You get to know Him. There's, there's, we have the written revelation of God here. We get to know the Father, how? Through Christ the Son. You get to know Jesus. I, I couldn't help but this week think about uh, in the U.S. growing up, there was a season, I think I was a teenager, and this was really popular, where they had these bracelets called WWJD bracelets, and uh, it was what would Jesus do, right? And it, the more I thought about that this week, I was like, that's actually a really good thing, right? Because you're not asking, well, what would I do? What would this guy, like, what would Jesus do? You're trying to get in the mind of Christ. You're considering those things. And if we know what Jesus would do, then we ought to operate in that. They're not a bad thing. I'm not opposed to those come back. Just saying. <laughs> are we following Jesus? Are we looking to Him? Or are we overcomplicating things? I'm not opposed to material and aids. But church, we don't need 10,000 books on 12 steps to Christian maturity. We, we just need to get to know Jesus and follow Him. Seek Him. So are we doing that this morning? I read an article, I guess it was Friday maybe, 
And it was two sisters from Colorado, or Colorado if you're from there. My wife's from there. so. Um, but these two ladies were from Colorado Springs. And they had decided they wanted to go and live off the grid, which basically just means they wanted to be disconnected from the world around them. They, they wanted to live out in the wilderness, be self-sufficient, self-sustaining, that kind of thing. So they tried to do all this prep work. They bought tents. They did this. They had accrued a lot of literature and things. And they went last August and said goodbye to their family. Said, hey, we're living off the grid. We'll see you later, maybe. And uh, so they went and did that. And nobody heard anything from them for months and months and months. And, and just last month, there was a hiker on a trail in Colorado, and, and he came across some remains of, of what would be these two sisters. And, and these two ladies had probably passed away sometime in the winter. Winter can be really hard in Colorado. And as the authorities came and began to investigate the scene and to see what had happened, they found all this literature, all these books, all this stuff in the tent talking about how to live in the wilderness, how to be disconnected, how to, how to uh, make fire and do that. Just all these things, all this knowledge there before them. They had everything at their fingertips. But when it came to actual experience and real wisdom on how to operate in the wilderness, they, they didn't have it. Church, I, I fear there's too many of us that we got a lot of knowledge. We have a lot of knowledge accessible at our fingertips on knowing God, knowing Jesus. But we've not really experienced Him in full. We don't know Him as we should. We have a lot of intellectual knowledge, but we've not made it down to the heart. And so my prayer for us this morning is that we might pray and ask God, go before His throne, and I believe He'd be very pleased for us to do this. And say, Lord, we want to experience you as you are. As good as you are, as glorious as you are. We want to know you. Not just intellectually, but on a heart level that can only come by revealing from your spirit this free flow of wisdom and access to all things. Lord, we want to know you. We want to understand the world around us by knowing you, our Creator, more. I think God would be honored by that. That we not be so reliant on a head knowledge, but rather we might know Him as He is. Church, that's wisdom, to know God. So I'm going to pray for us here in just a moment. And uh, I want to invite you to ask yourself that. Do I have just a lot of intellectual knowledge or am I really knowing God? Am I experiencing Him? Do I know Him from an intimacy that I have with Him? We serve a personal God. He's not some disconnected being that has no say or thoughts towards us. No, He loves us. He loves you. So I want to pray, and uh, I think the worship team is going to come back up. I'll be available to pray with you. I'd love to do that. There's going to be others available as well. But ask yourself that question. Do you really know Him this morning? Do you really know wisdom? Because knowing wisdom is going to be knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe you don't know wisdom because you don't know Jesus. And maybe this morning you need to say, Lord, I want to know you. Father, forgive me. I want to come in. I want to be a part of this faith family. The invitation's open. We'd love to have you. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you again for this morning. And I thank you for your goodness and your grace. 
And Lord, I thank you that the wisdom of God is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ who came and died in our stead on our behalf to extend grace, an offer of grace, that to all who would come, you would give life and give it in abundance. And Lord, I just pray if there's any among us today that maybe they don't know you, they've never received that offer of grace, that could change today. Pray that they might come and confess their sin, stand before you and say, Lord, I need you. I'm not good enough on my own. I need Christ. Pray that might happen. And Lord, I pray that you might grant wisdom to us. And I pray that we might be a people that seek wisdom. You are so gracious to give it. You want to give that. And so, Lord, I pray that we would seek your face, seek your kingdom, seek to know Jesus, more and more every day, that we might grow up, as Ephesians 4 says, into the the standard, the measure that is Christ. Lord, grow us in maturity. Lord, we love you and we need you. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen.